The wheel weaves as the wheel wills. Nerddom with Taylor and Andrew. I'm Andrew. I'm Taylor. Taylor, bring the microphone a little closer to your, to your mouthy mouth. Come hither, microphone. Closer. Closer. You want to push this? Oh, how do I? Oh, I'm a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it in. Leave it all in. Uh, Taylor, we're nerding out. We're being a couple of dumb nerds. Uh, we went to the premiere yes. of The Wheel of Time. Yes. And in fact, you would like to talk about the Wheel of Time today. I would. Um, so I I don't know how you feel about me now knowing some stuff. I think actually after we were done watching, you were like, I'm a little upset that I didn't do this before. <laughs> so we couldn't do the Dune thing where I'm like, how do you pronounce a uh, Benedict Ginnerfrass or whatever, you know, yeah. like. Um, did you say? Did you just make a <clears throat> Benedict Cumberbatch? I was. Well, I, what I was. I was trying to remember the Bene Gesserit, and I just like couldn't get the words right. So I think it did come out Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, so Wheel of Time. Book series. Book series. Long book series. Very long. You just finished it right before the the television show premiered. Yeah. Uh, the show is streaming on Amazon Prime. Yes. At least the first three episodes, as of this recording. Right yeah. Um, so what, let's talk about The Wheel of Time. Yeah. So The Wheel of Time is a book series that I believe the first book was published in like 92, uh-huh. I want to say. Uh, somewhere around there. Yeah. But it's written. A different time, for sure. For sure. Totally different time. Um, it was before I was born. Gone. Yeah. You need to stop <laughs> reminding me of that. You said something like that earlier today. And I don't need to hear, I don't need to be kept reminded of how young you are. <laughs> Younger, my youth. Yes. <laughs> As my decrepit face is like decomposing <laughs> in front of you. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it's, was written in the early, started in the early 90s. Uh, it's 14 books and a prequel. And a compendium. Uh, multiple compendiums. Multiple compendiums. I only brought one today. I have two. Um, Wait, so they're, it's not just that they're like different like uh, editions. Like those are two different compendiums? Yeah. Wow. One is more about... So, okay. The one that I brought with me today is literally like this is a basically a glossary. So uh-huh. if you want to flip through this, and I'll go ahead and post on our Instagram what this thing looks like. This, is, this one is the Wheel of Time. <laughs> this is me flipping through the book. <laughs> The Wheel of Time companion, and this is essentially a giant glossary mm-hmm. of like all of the people, places, and things in the books. Wow. Um, so like if there's something that happens, that, oh, yeah, this is like alphabetical. Yeah, it's alphabetical. Wow. So you can literally just look up something if you're like, wait, what was that again? Mm-hmm. Um, which happens all the time, or wow. really what happens all the time is, wait, who is this again? Uh huh. Um, so this is a companion, and then I have, I forget what it's called, the Wheel of Time compendium or something that's more of like a like a atlas and the different cultures and different 
like a lot of the world building stuff sure like more fleshed out mm-hmm. uh in one spot as opposed to having to you know read all the books and yeah. figure it out again but um but yeah so the wheel of time series 14 books and a prequel it's no joke they it's really hard to get people interested when you're talking about how great they are when you say how many books there are. It's a, it is a lot it and- is a lot it is a lot. And I know um, a lot of people who have been reading these since they were, like, kids mm-hmm. or ha- or read them when they were much younger. Yeah. Um, and then just remember, like, enjoying it a lot. And then maybe haven't read it since, but... I- and on the other side of that spectrum, there are people who've read them multiple times yeah. that have been reading them since they came out. And uh, I don't land in either of those. I started reading them five You're years different. ago. Taylor, I'm kind different. Taylor, different. Um... <laughs> I read it, I started reading it five years ago and just finished it this year. And the, the, like, instigating, like, the flame under my ass for that was the show coming out. Uh-huh. So I was like, I want to just finish it. Just arbitrary deadline for myself mm-hmm. uh, just to finish the books. And so I read, I think I read, like, seven of them this year last I checked, which was not what I was expecting. No. I thought I had read a lot more of them before this year. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they are fantastic. It is yeah. an amazing series. I cried multiple times Mm -hmm. reading like the last four books basically and just absolutely fantastic robert jordan is a genius yeah and deserves every like accolade that anybody's ever given him Mm -hmm. uh posthumously uh and uh r.i.p r.i.p yeah robert jordan passed away in 2007 i believe Uh and so he wasn't actually able to finish the wheel of time um and so brandon sanderson who is also kind of a goat in his own rights uh he finished the series based off of robert jordan's notes of like wh- how he wanted to end mm-hmm. the series and so brandon sanderson got tapped to finish the books uh and he wrote the last three wow cool yeah uh before we get into any games or activities you have I don't actually have any games or activities because the only idea that I had Here, let was... Let me to take a sip of this and... <laughs> what? Because <laughs> I was going to make you pronounce stuff, but, uh-huh. then I was, but then I was like, well, all the fun stuff is kind of... You already kind of know a lot of yeah. it. Like, I was going to make you pronounce the main characters' names uh-huh. because I think they are difficult, especially like Egwene and Nynaeve's names. Like mm-hmm. For the first like three books I read before I like sat down and looked up how to... Like, at the end of every book, there's a glossary that gives you a pronunciation guide. Sure. But, you know, I didn't look at it. Yeah. And so I pronounced it, like, Nynaeve and uh-huh. Edwin and stuff, so. And, like, I Sedai. But uh-huh. you already know it because you've seen the first two episodes. I've seen the first two episodes. Give us a quick rundown of what the series is about. Um. Oh, I should have said this at the very, very beginning. This is going to be spoiler-free. Cool. Like I'm not, and it's going to be difficult. And I'll put I'm, them in the show I'm, notes too. So if yeah, yeah. I might, I might kind of like try to choose my words carefully to speak around a couple of things because yeah. in order to talk about, I, I f- thought about this earlier. I was like, I can talk about the wheel of time and why it's so special without giving away too much. I, yeah. I think, um, and, and including some of like the like setting of like what's actually going on, uh, in the world, um. But yeah, this will be spoiler free, and I think we will talk about the show at the end. But mm-hmm. we'll only talk about the first, like essentially the first episode, sure. probably that yeah. we'll like maybe just talk about, um, because we could talk about the things that I think I want to talk about in mm-hmm. that first episode and not have to really touch on the other two episodes. Okay, 
And I know you haven't seen the third one, yeah. so definitely don't want to spoil anything for you. <laughs> just, yeah. Before I even get a chance, just let me know exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so for anybody listening to this, uh, first off, whether you are just starting reading the books or you've just started the TV show, do not Google anything. Don't mm-hmm. Google anyone's name. Don't go- nothing. Don't Google yeah. anything because that is the fastest way to get things spoiled. Because like the Wheel of Time is so expansive and so popular. It's an extremely popular fantasy series. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, <laughs> it's like one of the like top ten, uh, like most popular fantasy series. Truly, like when I met you was probably the first time I'd even heard the title Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And then as we were on our way to the premiere yeah. uh, last Monday and we were kind of talking about it, I I sort of said like, well, it's sort of an obscure book. And then you're like, no, it's like one of the most popular fantasy series, series of all time. All and you're time. just like, well, fuck me. I yeah. don't know. Shit. <laughs> that was stupid of me to say. So yeah, I had no idea how popular yeah, it was. Yeah, it's interesting because I think it, it flies under the radar, even though there's a huge community and a huge fan base. Yeah for the series mm-hmm. um and so the story okay so before we're getting into like what's so great about the series just a quick like uh setting notes mm-hmm. essentially there is obviously magic yeah because you know it's fantasy um but the magic in the wheel of time is split up into two halves so there's like male magic and female magic, okay. right? It's it's very gendered, and the female side of the magic is fine and clean and good to go. Uh, and when the wheel of time starts, like at the point of the first book, the male half of the magic has been, as described in the book, it's tainted, but in the show, I think they've changed it to be corrupted uh-huh. because taint in sure yeah <laughs> has since 1990 has <laughs> flourished in popularity yeah. as the term for, to <clears throat> it's having it. a moment yeah, yeah it's having a moment yeah. so they've changed it to be like the corruption um but it's it's tainted and so the people who wield magic are called channelers mm-hmm. and so female channelers are fine and good to go everything's great they get trained by like the white what's something called the white tower and yeah. they become Aes Sedai or if they're not good enough or strong enough in the power to be Aes Sedai other things happen to them and the men who can touch the power and channel slowly are driven crazy wow so the corruption of like the male half of the power essentially causes this um flip in like gender norms Mm -hmm. in the wheel of time so across all of the wheel of time generally speaking women are those in power Mm -hmm. across pretty much across the board i don't think there's a single culture where like men by far outrank women okay. like in every single thing like everybody it's like the queen of andor and like the the first heir is always just the firstborn girl sure so it's like all these kind of like traditional tropes that where it's always been men in fantasy <clears throat> uh-huh. robert jordan kind of took that made the magic gendered said hey you know what the men's side kind of is fucked up and so they all kind of go crazy and uh-huh. so women are the only one who are allowed to wield this power mm-hmm and so they're all basically in power. Yeah. So a lot of the gender norms are flipped. A lot of uh, 
a lot of fantasy tropes end up getting flipped throughout the series as well. Um, and those are interesting to look out for and watch develop, but, um, I lost my train of thought. That's okay. Oh, but basically, so that's like the setting. And then the thing that's so great about the series for me is to just watch our character, our like main characters as they traverse through 14 books in a prequel, yeah. basically, um, <clears throat> grow as people grow as characters Mm -hmm. uh things i love about this series is that there's a lot of trauma in the series Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of like which is definitely something we'll talk about when we talk about the show yeah (laughs) there's a ton of trauma that gets like not just brushed over Mm -hmm. and there's no like strong man archetype where it's like oh i'm big bad blah 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 and oh this thing happened well i'm big man strong man and i'm just gonna keep going and you get to see especially like both the female characters and the male characters you see their inner workings and you see them struggle a lot Mm -hmm. and you see them kind of work through all of this trauma or all of the things that they need to work through in order to become the people they need to be at the end of the series which is beautiful. Yeah. And honestly, in like the early nine, early late nineties, early two thousands, like how many fantasy series were out there, like talking about men in that way. Yeah. Of like, <clears throat> I was just thinking this must not have been well received, especially in the early nineties. I well, feel like having a fantasy series that basically, it basically demonizes being a man, which is sort of how <laughs> it feels now in society. You know, like having a a fantasy series that is sort of like showing like having a a female dominated society and <clears throat> you know like not that things are perfect now in fiction and literature for you know yeah like you know representation and stuff is all like still not as good as it should be but in like the 90s where i mean like truly like the word fantasy almost feels like like, it's kind of part of the joke of, like, yeah, it'd be a fucking fantasy if the women were in charge or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I just imagine having, like, that the, there would be some piece on the news because, like, that's the sort of story mm-hmm. that would, like, break and be like, whoa, in this uh, in this new book series, uh, women are in charge. And, you know, like, uh, is this the sort of thing that's going to take down, the, yeah. you know, masculinity and, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's so funny that you say that because... Like, read when you read them uh, overall, it's done very well. Whereas it could have been done very poorly and Mm -hmm. just been like a trope in and of itself to have like a reversed, like, uh, gender roles kind of thing and it just not be treated well. Right. There's a scene in the newest Avengers movie Mm -hmm. where all the women (laughs) Avengers line up with each other and it's this big, like, can you believe it? The girls get a shot at it. And, like, as much as I love the last Avengers movie, it's really pandering and like kind of corny a little, the way yeah. that they set it up. It was just sort of like a see girls, you get your shot now. Yeah. Let's go girls. You know, and really the Shania Twain, that should have been a part of the Avengers. It should have been. A, yeah. She should have been one of the Avengers too, but <laughs> it should have just been a sting of, you know, like they're beating up Thanos. Oh, 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 oh don't look crazy. <laughs> and just Thanos getting Shania Twain just like whipping her hair yeah. around. I mean, but like, so I I understand what you mean. Like, it's not yeah. they're not doing it in that way where it's like, see, yeah, it, women no, are in charge in this done, series. It's done so genuinely and it's done so well, which yeah. is 
part of the reason why I personally am a huge fan of this series yeah. is, like, I we've talked a lot of, I mean, I don't remember on this podcast or off of this podcast, but, like, talking a lot about, like, you know, when you just, like, have people in roles that are important all the time, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if all of a sudden you, like, like, a woman dies. Yeah. Oh, Br- Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Going back to Avengers. Sorry, Avengers. We're just going to shit on you for a second. Um, but, like, you know, like, the Avengers is all dudes, basically. Yeah. Black Widow, as the only woman, she... Sorry, also, spoilers for yeah. <laughs> Endgame? We're, we're not going to spoil the wheel of time. However, heavy <laughs> Avengers Endgame spoilers throughout the podcast. <laughs> wheel of Time did come out in the 90s, and it's definitely been long enough. Yeah. But, <laughs> but we are going to spoil this movie that came out two years ago. <laughs> but, like, Black Widow, like, it ends up being the one who dies Yeah. in, like, that scene and just sacrifices herself. And I'm like, oh, okay. And that sucks. And then mm-hmm. you have like this moment of women empowerment. Woo, and yeah. it's like just feels corny because it's it's put in there as a gimmick as opposed to it just being present throughout the entire right. like time. Mm-hmm. Um Wheel of Time has it throughout the the entire series from book from sentence one, like mm-hmm. from the beginning. It's like they're treated and it the world is set up and it's so genuine and it's done so well that even when things happen that out of context would be problematic and especially the way they treat women is not because of the context of the entire series. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw a really interesting graph that basically charted uh, how many, because the story is also told in multiple uh, point of views mm-hmm. um and so you get povs from the male characters and the female characters and there's a character who's kind of like in between those and um you get there's a very interesting chart that shows how many words are in each pov and in the po the male pov is only like dominant for i think the first three books Okay. And then the rest of it is like women dominated. And then the last three books I think are male dominated, which also makes kind of sense. But sure. it's very interesting to see it just completely like the women POV completely takes over. And so you have a ton of female characters mm-hmm. who are awesome and different yeah. and are not just plot devices uh-huh. and are just doing their own thing. And it was, it was just really, really nice. Mm-hmm. And it was uh fantastic and i absolutely love the series for that yeah um an additional thing if you love world building you fucking love the wheel of time Uh because this man put in so much detail (laughs) it's almost too much detail Uh (laughs) uh-huh like everybody's clothes everybody's mannerisms everybody's like the guy the merchant you cross you pass crossing the street uh-huh. like there's like a whole paragraph about what his style is sure and what he's doing. there's almost too much detail but it's it, it just makes the entire world feel that much more it feels lived in when yes. like you can like know like you said like what the merchant across the way is wearing down to the t it almost feels like it it yeah for some people that's too much detail like i don't need yeah. to know everything about the the dude who owns the the pub or yeah. whatever but to have that sort of amount of detail available to the reader kind of helps you, at least in your own mind, like picture what you're actually going through versus like, if it's just like, and then this character walked into the the thing and picked up a blue shirt. It's like, okay, like, yeah. yeah. And it's done very well because the cultures of the Wheel of Time, uh, of like the land, the, it's called the Westlands, uh-huh. but um, of 
all of these countries and all of these different peoples, all of their cultures are very important mm-hmm. and they play roles in the story. Sure. Like how it, it's just very nice to see mm-hmm. a wide variety of cultures mm-hmm. presented and not just white people. Yeah. <laughs> presented in a fantasy series yeah whose cultures are like affect who they are how they act mm-hmm. what like trials and tribulations they go through like it's a very very important it affects like how people interact with each other sure it's very the man planned so mm-hmm. much uh-huh. <laughs> and it's just very very respectable and very like cool it's just done very well Great. um so when i say like robert jordan's a genius uh-huh. it's truly like boggles the mind he put in the work he put in so much work and he did such a good job with it um like i think overall the series ages well okay uh especially when we talk about it's it's interesting to think of you know wheel of time having gendered magic like there's Mm -hmm. probably a lot that can be said about that yeah uh, and there are, like, a couple of things that are, like, maybe didn't age super well. Mm-hmm. But overall, the series as a whole has aged very well. Sure. Especially when you consider, like, the types of movies that were coming out in the early Yeah. 90s. I mean, like, you know, I, I we've talked about it before. I'm much more of a movie and TV person than I am a book person. So, like, for me, like, whenever I, like, re- re- like recommend a movie or a TV show from, like, the 90s, I always give a qualified, like, just remember when this was made. And, yeah. like... I, I know that's not an excuse for, like, you know, especially, like, a lot of the stuff about, like, gender politics and stuff that was going on in the 90s and, like, sexual identity stuff was all, like, really poorly handled. Yeah. And so whenever I give something of, like, a, eh, just make sure you're aware of this, I'm never saying it as, like, a, no, come on, don't be mean to it. It was made in a different time. Like, it's no excuse, but also, like, just be aware of when you do right. take in something from the 90s. We were in a different, le- fully like different. Yeah, fully yeah. different society of in terms of accepting and identifying, yeah, that sort of stuff. So. We like we as a do- the dominant culture, yeah, had not realized what was good and bad. It was right. very different, mm-hmm. and so like as our dominant culture changes over time, yeah, those things. Then we like look at Revenge of the Nerds, for example, and be like, mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so overall I think it like, it aged really well and the themes in it are so good. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, I already talked about, um, I almost, (laughs) it's, it's so interesting because like when I was reading the last couple of books, I was like, you know, so many different people could read through this with just one focus Mm -hmm. and write like a very good thesis paper on just like a theme in the wheel of time, like, like masculinity, like Mm -hmm. as a theme throughout throughout the series is so interesting mm-hmm. because like what Robert Jordan did with allowing his male characters to have feelings and have honestly like dealing with trauma mm-hmm. in a healthy way and having people help them deal with trauma sure. and their male, the male characters letting people help them uh-huh. deal with trauma. Are you listening then? <laughs> it was, it's, refreshing it's very Uh, very nice yeah um and then yeah the female characters are fucking badass they're Mm -hmm. awesome uh it's just great it's so good yeah and now with that being said great the beginning of the wheel of time Uh i think is the hardest part to get through that's generally i think that's true of almost everything like the first like 
because inevitably, and you know, this doesn't always hold true and it's not a set rule that the beginning is always the roughest time for whatever series. Because sometimes something starts off great and then just kind of fizzles out. Mm-hmm. But I think generally things kind of find their footing. Maybe about like, not I wouldn't say even halfway through, maybe like a quarter through is when like the, the like things start to like, like characters are set up. And so now you can really start to tell the stories. So I think when I say it's hard to get through, it's less about that. Because even going back and seeing the characters, obviously they're simpler because yeah. after... 14 books in a prequel. Right. Um, they've developed a lot. Mm-hmm. So they're simpler, like, because they have, like, basically their one shtick right. that they, like, lean into in the beginning. The reason why I say that the beginning of The Wheel of Time is maybe the hardest to get into is because the be- the first book of The Wheel of Time is The Eye of the World. Mm-hmm. And it is an almost, like, plot point by plot point, like, retelling of The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, like, the beginning of The Wheel of Time is so generic. It's, like, so generic fantasy that it's, like, hard for anybody who, like, would read it to be, like, oh, Where my does God, this go? I get yeah. it. Like, right. this is amazing. Like, it's just a very, it's classic fantasy first book. Mm-hmm. And I don't think The Wheel of Time, I don't think you get, like, a good sense of where The Wheel of Time is going until the second or third book. I'm okay. going to say third book. Um, but, yeah, it's just, like, it's just generic classic fantasy at the beginning like a couple of things yeah. reversed like obviously you have the gender roles reversed and you get some like interesting stuff but it's like you know um uh you know man leaves town mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like uh, yeah. wise uh like there's a gandalf with figure. a ring shaped item <laughs> and they're uh it's called a finger accessory yeah it's weird that they all they all have rings too um but yeah it's it is very generic kind of fantasy and especially since it's been published obviously the wheel of time has influenced a lot of stuff like Mm -hmm. you know every great great work influences everything that comes after it. basically like almost so a lot of fantasy was also influenced by wheel of time like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna say this and i could be wrong because i meant to look this up before we started talking but i didn't um is that game of thrones has a lot of wheel of time influence in sure it. the wheel of time uh references something in the books that is essentially it literally says game of thrones it's called the game of houses okay and it's like <clears throat> a very political heavy like savvy way of like uh there's like a central uh an andor uh which is a country in the westlands mm-hmm. they, they play the game of houses and so as you uh, there's like the daughter heir as a character in uh, the Wheel of Time, and so as she's growing up, she has to learn how to play the game of houses. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, to me at least, I'm like that's so clearly like, and obviously Game of Thrones is entirely its own thing. Right. But yeah, yeah. It's like a very interesting like. I wonder if that was like a strong inspiration. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like it obviously in, uh, inspired a lot of other stuff. But it's definitely on its own. It definitely still stands on its own. And sure. It's very very good. Yeah. Um. And I'm really excited that, that a show happened. <laughs> so a show, excited. yeah. Yeah. So do you want to talk about the TV show? Yeah, we can talk about the TV okay. show. Okay. So like you said, I when we, you were saying that it kind of has Lord of the Rings vibes to it, I made that comment to you because we saw the premiere together, that there are certainly like visually scenes that look like these are just almost like they could have been shot in the same place as Lord mm. of the Rings. You know, like there's a, like the, so 
I think in the sh- in the in Wheel of Time, the I forget now. I can't think of any names, but okay. uh, I got you. Rosamund Pike's character, Moraine, is you, when I said when does Gandalf show up as a joke, you were like, oh well, you know, Moraine is she's she's Gandalf, sort of Gandalf. <laughs> but there is a scene where like a roving, you know, like kind of older man on like a thing comes into town and all the kids are running up yes, and it's almost yes. like shot for shot when Gandalf walks into the Shire and the kids want to see his yes. fireworks and Gandalf, Gandalf. Yeah, it's very, yeah. And so, and then like there's later, there's like a scene where they're going down a river and these like things mm-hmm. are chasing after yep. them and it's like the Nazgul trying to, ch- you know, yes. chase the, you for know, sure. the fellowship. So there is stuff in it where you're just like, yeah, I see the, you know, like yes. the, the sort of like where people would be like, is this just ripping off Lord of the Rings? Because, and you know, Lord of the Rings is now sixty years old, and yeah. you know, like it, you can't help but. I think it's older than that. It is older than that. Um, <laughs> it's like eighty. I have no concept of time whatsoever. <laughs> I think I'm still twenty two. Um, that it's like a, it's been around and it's so prevalent in the zeitgeist yeah. that it's it's hard not to feel like things are just like that's a Lord of the Rings rip off. Yes. Because it is so prevalent and, and like always kind of in the back of your mind, these like iconic scenes and these things and these iconic characters that, I mean, it's weird because fantasy you feel like can go anywhere, but mm-hmm. it's also kind of limiting in that like you can only, there's only for some reason so many different things you can tell that don't feel like a derivative of other things. Yeah. Well, and that's like the thing about fantasy and a lot of these like genre well, really, just fantasy. I feel like fantasy and sci-fi, but like you, you have essentially these like settings, yeah, that kind of just always like evolve off of the backs of other settings, yeah. Like it's just constant, like ever all of fantasy is basically just based off of Lord of the Rings, yeah. And so like, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. No. Like you just keep iterating, you keep doing stuff. And so I think when watching or experiencing the Wheel of Time for the first time, I think it's only, it's perfectly natural to be like comparing it to the Lord of the Rings Mm -hmm. as well as comparing it to Game of Thrones because that TV show is just so popular and the book series is also extremely popular. Like, I think that totally makes sense. But and also the reason the TV show existed was Jeff Bezos was like, get me a oh, Game yes. of Thrones. Yeah, but Jeff Bezos literally was like, I want Amazon Prime video to have their own Game of Thrones. Yeah. And so they were like, he was like, find me a series. Yeah. And so uh, they did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they got the wheel of time. Yeah. Which is so funny, but great. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> thank you, Jeff. Lord um, Bezos, Lord thank Bezos. you so much. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you for blessing us. Um, oh, before we keep talking about the show, I will just say that I think the show, if I were to rate it so far, yeah. it's like a six and a half out of ten, okay. maybe a seven. That's where I personally am. Uh-huh. Um, so when I do start talking about it, people that's just so that people aren't like, well, you're just going to like it no matter what. Yeah. I'm like, I do like it. But I also think that they there some... are definitely things that they, they can improve on. Sure. And I'm hopeful that they will uh-huh. as it goes on. And so I think we have like confirmed three seasons. So mm. I'm excited to watch it get better. Mm-hmm. And so I really love the books. I'm excited to see the TV show. And I just think the TV show so far has been okay. Yeah. Especially if you are not like super into mm-hmm. <laughs> the books. But I'm I am loving it. Yeah, I am really excited about yeah. it. It's interesting because I from the first two episodes, mm-hmm. um, what we saw, I would give it probably closer to seven and a half or mm-hmm. eight out of ten. And I wonder if it's because I don't have the hangups with the books of like Maybe. that, you know, and 
not that you are having to like defend this position that you that you are taking by being somebody who loves the books and also kind of admires the TV show mm-hmm. of saying like, well, I'm going to give like a, and I'm not saying you're doing this, like giving like a qualified kind of lower score just to like let the book readers know, like, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm don't, with you, you know, hey, wait, don't forget. Wait. I'm one of you too. <laughs> um, that like, I, I watch it and I have no hangups with it. You know, like, that's great. And I, I think I made this comment to you because we saw it in front of, with like a group of, super fans yes including yourself yes um that which was so fun which is very fun it's like (laughs) always it's always fun to be in a room with people who are like really passionate about something and the i you mentioned to me that the reason why the audience was laughing at something was because it was a reference to something in a book yeah but like it was not a line you know i've complained to you i've complained to you about this before where like there are sometimes adaptations of things from books where they don't bother to tell you or like explain to you what's happening and so you're just kind of lost and like you have to like i it was like the hunger games and i asked somebody what did that mean and she went oh you have to have read the book to understand that like well that's part of the movie like this thing is that's a that's not explained to me and i don't want to have to have read the book to understand the movie i don't want to feel like i'm missing out on a plot point because i didn't do my homework yeah (laughs) but with the wheel of time the thing you explained to me was the reason why this person made this kind of wisecrack about another character is because this happened in the book yeah and it wasn't like if i if i was watching the show just by myself right that would have just been like a a, and just a comment that just would have gone right by me but it wouldn't have bothered me at all because it has nothing to do with the plot right it was yeah um yeah, Matt's comment about Nynaeve yeah, yeah. Uh, in the first episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, I think that overall my, like, rating for it also has... I'm excited to watch the rest of the show mm-hmm. and see how my rating changes. Because yeah. Because I think the first episode was okay. Mm-hmm. The, uh, if you haven't watched the first episode, stop here. Go watch it and then... Come back and listen to me talk about it. And then also watch Avengers Endgame, because we're going to do a bunch more Avengers spoilers <laughs> coming up. Coming up on Avengers spoilers. Um, but, it, it so, like, the end, towards the end of that first episode is the bell time uh, attack, uh-huh. where, like, they're basically celebrating a, like, uh, winter, hmm, kind of like a, almost like a Day of the Dead kind of celebration, sure. uh, inspired celebration, where... And it's, like, a winter celebration. So they're, like, you know, dancing and la, la, la. And, like you said, it's very Shire-like. Yeah. It's very, like, oh, look at how happy everything is. And then in, and then all of a sudden, the Trollocs attack. Mm-hmm. And it's just the most horrifying, like, battle. Yeah. That was, like, honestly, it was, like, really, really horrifying. And then it was awesome. And then it was, like, oh, no. Yeah. This is horrifying it's also not much of a battle as much as it's kind of a massacre it's just a slaughter yeah. yeah it is just a slot they come in and they just freaking slaughter this like small uh village uh called Evansfield, and it's it's interesting because it's like in the books i think that scene was pretty short it, we actually got more about um like a different thing going on at the same time mm-hmm. but Going into it, like, I expected that scene to be pretty horrifying and was hoping that they actually leaned into it like that, like, Uh the way they did. So I'm really happy that they leaned into it because I think both sides of, or both halves of that episode, I think, do a really good job of representing what the Wheel of Time is. Yeah, It's like, yeah, there's happy, fun times. Yeah, there's, like, all this beautiful stuff. Yeah, there's, like, really meaningful relationships going on. And there's honestly 
something horrifying brewing under the yeah. surface that is not like oh the dark one lives in the city far away we gotta go kill it it's like uh-huh. no there's there's bad stuff going on mm-hmm. um so i'm glad they actually leaned into how horrifying that was and like the things that they've changed about the characters i personally am totally okay with i get why they changed what matt's home life is like sure. it's different in the books uh-huh. I get why they changed what Perrin's, like, beginning situation was. Uh, it's different in the books. Uh-huh. I think when you take it from a book format to a media, like, visual mm-hmm. audio format, like, the changes they made, I think, make sense with their characters. Sure. And I know that a lot of people are pissed about uh-huh. it. <laughs> I, like, I'm just like, okay, like, it's going to be fine. Yeah. That's another thing, another... Uh, uh, piece of advice for people just stay off of reddit oh too. Yeah, yeah stay off of reddit but that's just general life advice yeah it's but... a, yeah <laughs> has nothing to do with the wheel time just stay off of reddit um but i think that like the first episode and honestly this i thought the second episode was better than the first one mm-hmm. and similarly i think the third episode was better than both the second and the first so like so far i'm like seeing an upward trend and like mm-hmm. how much i'm enjoying them because i think the first and second episode one of my big issues is with the pacing is like the first episode felt just like i wish it was a little bit longer because like it just some stuff was like really nice Mm -hmm. and some stuff just felt like way too fast of like oh uh, we gotta go yeah (laughs) it's like okay i guess we're just leaving now and nobody's gonna like argue it um and like the second episode i really enjoyed but um like i do kind of wonder if other people also enjoy like moraine's like 10 minute monologue about minetherin yeah what the song means um like i almost feel like if you've seen the shorts, so they've like been publishing uh, like animated shorts about like the background of the Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm. There's one about Minetherin. Like I almost wish they had just played that short while Moraine was talking. Okay. Like that would have been, I feel like, more interesting, more visually appealing than just like different shots of them riding on horses. <laughs> um, but like it's just little stuff like that. I think like I know I've talked about like to you off pod about like the CGI. I felt mm-hmm. was like sometimes. Meh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but overall, I think they're doing like a really, really good job. And when mm-hmm. I read like on Reddit, um, or I so no, I sent you a uh, picture of like on the night it debuted, there was like a war going on in the Amazon Prime like rating system. Oh yeah, system. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like fifty, fifty, five star, zero star reviews. It was great. <laughs> people are so weird. But like some of the like people online on the internet, like some of the critique they have for the show Mm -hmm. i'm like sitting there and reading it i'm like did we read the same series (laughs) like seriously like did we read the same the same books did you are you do you mean do you mean to review like dune or something like what is this what are you talking Uh, Uh like one of there's a subreddit called our white cloaks which is just people who have to pretty much think that the show is gonna suck before it even premiered it's and really so, interesting that they have, like, purposely labeled themselves what I assume to be the bad guys of the show. <laughs> like, of the series, I mean. Like, you know, yeah. just from the second episode, they show up and they just do bad shit. Yeah. That and white cloak scene, too, was... was similarly brutal. Brutal. Yeah. So good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember you nudged me and just went, these fucking guys. And, <laughs> I mean, to, like, you know, to, like, self... I guess it's, like, a, it's a, it's a, you know, and they made... Like, I, I assume at some point we will get a different view of these characters, not just, like, 
they are just people who just wander the, you know, planes like slaughtering innocent people uh, all they, the time. You and they may. You, uh, so a lot of the cult, I mean, I, White Cloaks, I wouldn't really I count as like a culture there, but um, a lot of the cultures are inspired by real world yeah. cultures. Um, and the White Cloaks, are, basically their whole vibe is like Spanish Inquisition. Sure. That's like maybe the vibe of them yeah overall um they're not great no um there's you definitely get more info about them yeah for sure it's just it's it, it's interesting to me that yeah a group on reddit would like be like let's just oh uh, we're the siths yeah yeah <laughs> what do you think should we just label ourselves because people are not going to like us to begin with should we just give ourselves the names of the bad yeah. guys i think that's kind of like their their whole shtick was like well people are going to hate the fact that we don't like it and yeah. so we're just gonna own it go ahead but and, yeah yeah like i was just going through the wheel of time subreddit the white cloak subreddit and like it's really interesting because to see people who both read the books and then people who just watched the tv show and then were like oh this was fun let me uh-huh. go log it log into reddit and then they get on this thread and then people who have read the books are just talking about all the differences in the books and right like, well this shouldn't have happened because this later and the person like just watching the show is like well i didn't know that yeah <laughs> I just want to talk about this nice thing I like. that's why I'm saying don't Google anything. Just yeah. avoid the internet. If you like the show, keep watching. If you don't like it, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was like reading me reading some of the, like, the critiques that people had were, like, essentially people were like, this is just woke drivel. Or, like, <laughs> if you like your worldview being, like, <laughs> represented in like a t- fantasy series that has no basis on the books uh-huh. like then this is for you and i was like did you read right the- what are you talking about like first of all the wizard was not a woman in the in the book <laughs> yeah, so like, literally like what? what are you talking about yeah it was like people were really upset that like Egwene nynaeve were being given were like being given front and center yeah and i'm like yeah <laughs> what like, what are you talking about? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just really, it's just, I mean, fascinating. Because truly, I was like, I don't think we read the same series. Or at least we had two very different experiences uh-huh. reading it. Which is also true. I have this theory that there's, like, a definitely a part in the middle of the books that everybody is like, oh, yeah, it's super boring. Like, these three books uh-huh. are, like, so boring. I, like, I know somebody who straight up didn't read them. Yeah. Just skipped them and then went on with, like, book, like, uh, 12 or something. Sure. Um, and I read them and I was like, oh, these three books are all about what the women are doing. Interesting. Interesting that a bunch of people would be not, huh? Which, whatever. I don't care. Do what you want. Feel what you want. But (laughs) I was just kind of like, well, that's interesting. Mm. Um, like, yeah, if you were to like start a dating site just based on the wheel of time and like that was, that's a red flag. Yeah. What's your favorite? (laughs) What are your three least favorite books? Yeah. Um, well, I mean with that, I'm going to back up on that statement a little bit too, is like, they are extremely Sure, sure, sure. And there's definitely a part in those books where I'm like, okay, like, I'm like, uh, we got to move on from this one plot line. Like I'm bored with it. Like I, I totally get it. So I'm not. You're not totally un- calling people out about it. I'm just saying there are some interesting things that go There's on. There's some the parallels going on with what's going um, on there. <laughs> but yeah, like watching, like reading people's critiques and just them being like, well, this is just woke bullshit. And then also, unsurprisingly, people were pissed at how many people of color were cast. No. You know, 
but not on the internet. Classic. People were like, "Um, Egwene is supposed to be pale as like a lily," and I'm like, "Just hush, 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 hush." Um, but I think they, I, I'm just, I'm super happy with the show so far. Yeah. I think it looks really good. I love the cast. Mm-hmm. I think they do such a good job. Our like main, like five, seven characters mm-hmm. of Nynaeve, Rand, Perrin, Egwene, Moraine, and Lan mm-hmm. are, mm, they did good. Ooh, that Lan actor. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, Daniel, mm-hmm. honey. <gasps> hubba, hubba. Hubba, hubba. He is fine. Yes. It is a fine man. Yeah, it's a good-looking man. It is a good-looking man. <laughs> I know I told you this when we watched the premiere, but, like, knowing the casting while I was reading the last couple of books uh-huh. was, like, delightful for me. Because you can like, just, like, picture I just them. picture them doing, like, the... Oh, it was great. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. What, I don't know. What do you think? So, what the... Te- because this is a... As you mentioned to me, and this is maybe a slight spoiler for the Wheel of Time series itself... That the entirety of the series is two years. Yeah, I think it's like two two ish years. And so, with the television shows, you said there's already been a third season uh, confirmed. Mm-hmm. How long do you think the show can go? Because it's not going to go fourteen seasons. No, I. Uh, so the showrunner, I th- believe, has said that he wants um, eight to ten seasons. Okay. Um, and I think that and if correct me if I'm not getting where you're going with this question uh-huh. i think it will work well uh no it's i think that's kind of where i was going because like these are not like kid actors where like no, if you yeah. were to run a, a show over 10 years like you know like for instance like mary kate and ashley olsen in full house like you couldn't pretend that this show only took place over this yeah. the course of like <laughs> right. three years because like she's almost like a preteen by the time the show ends yeah and so like you can see the changes in her versus like these are actors who are probably in their 20s yeah who like if they get into their 30s or whatever like not by the time the show ends it's change. not that much of a difference right. especially with, like makeup and all that shit so right. like having a show that is supposed to only take place over two years in real time take place over eight to ten mm-hmm. i don't think it's going to be that difficult so i was curious what you thought of there's only one character that might be tough yeah um but we haven't met them yet okay um and that and this is not really a spoiler there's just like somebody shows up who's a kid mm-hmm. like they're just straight up a kid right they're a young child um and depending on when they introduce that character if they also if they introduce it yeah. which i hope i hope they do mm-hmm. um that would be like a fairly large change i think but like Depending on what, like, that's the only character that I think might be tough to, like... Is it also possible that, because the show is not going to be exactly perfect from the books... Of course not, yeah. Is it also possible, like, is it so important to the to the story of, of the whole thing that it takes place over two years? Because you could just go away with it and say it's been... That was been... the thing that I was going to say, yeah. is that I'm not really sure, like... The books are so long that I think when you realize that everything that's happened has only happened over two years is is a little bit surprising there is one thing that happens that might be tough to finagle out of um i'm going to try to reference it the doorway (laughs) Uh so there's so if you've read the if you've read the books and you know what happens 
with like a doorway. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole situation and when it gets resolved might be tough, but I think there's a way to get around it. Okay. I think it'd be fine. Okay. Like, and I honestly, like, looking at what they've changed so far, um, the changes that I've seen to me make a lot of sense. Okay. And so it, I personally am kind of interested to see how they adapt it and what things they do change and why. Because, yeah, it's, there's no way it's going to be the same. Like, yeah. So, sorry. Like, the people who are like, um, Parent wasn't married. I'm like, okay. Okay. <laughs> it's it's fine. It's fine, yeah. Um, But I think that it'll be really interesting to see what they changed to adapt. Okay. I think it could be, like, stretched out a little bit. Yeah. Um, also, I think that if they try to say that it all happened in two years, that's also like not too difficult. It, to I mean, it, it's a fantasy series. Yeah. So if you wanted to pretend like, you know, the let's let's just say they introduced the, the young kid actor mm-hmm. and this kid ages eight years over the course of the show, you can excuse it with magic. There's just, you know, like, oh, this person like she belongs to a, you know, he or she belongs mm-hmm. to. I I understand what you're about to say. I understand what you're about to say. But I think like in a show or a, a series with a lot of fantasy and magic, if they wanted to go the route of like explaining, well, how did this happen? Like there are ways you can do it. Yeah. The more I think about it, the more I think they might just cut that kid out. Yeah. But I hope they don't. Um, but there's a definitely a way to get around that whole situation. Like yeah. for example, they could make that kid younger mm-hmm. than he is in the books. Sure. And then as the kid gets older, he's still at a roughly right age for yeah. where he needs to be at the end. Yeah. Or they could just hire like a 22-year-old actor to play like an 8-year-old. <laughs> Goo Goo Gaga, dad. <laughs> yeah. Twilight. Yeah. Um. <laughs> or yeah, they could just do the way of CGIing the face. That's right. <laughs> they just make a CGI child. Yeah, just make the kid a vampire. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I think they'll figure a way out i hope we get the full like the full eight to ten series like yeah seasons that they want to do Mm -hmm. i think that'd just be so fun yeah um and overall from what i've seen it's gotten a fairly decent response Mm -hmm. like people like i've read a couple of reviews from people who were like uh one of them i read was like the um women's uh, so like the white tower has these like houses basically called Aja's Mm -hmm. that are essentially color coded. And somebody uh, like there's the blue Aja and the green Aja and they all just like wear their colors. Um, But somebody was like, Oh, that felt really ham fisted. And I'm like, well, that's just, that's what's in the book. So I don't know what to tell you about that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, but yeah, so overall it seems like it's getting fairly decent reviews there's a huge contingent of fans that are very happy with it Mm -hmm. and a huge contingent of fans who are pissed so so it's 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 great it's everything it's everything everything that gets adapted into something there's a bunch of people who like it there's a bunch of people who hate it yeah and then people who are just like cool i think i do think from what i've seen of the last three episodes so far every episode is better so like i thought the second was better than the first and third is better than second and apparently there's an episode that Brandon Sanderson, who uh, finished mm-hmm. the series, uh, thinks is a 10 out of 10. Wow. Which I think is supposed to be the last episode of the season. <clears throat> okay. So I'm very excited about yeah. that one. Maybe um, we can reconvene and talk about the first season when it's over. Yeah. Yes. Because I would love to talk about uh, some uh, uh, difference that people have latched onto uh-huh. that makes me want to ring 
everyone who has complained about it that makes me want to wring their necks. You want to meet like, them in the lot. I a do. lot out back. I want to meet them in the lot out back because I'm like, can you just chill the f- Like, and then they talk about it, like, in public forums. And I'm like, literally anybody who is, like, watching the show and doesn't know what's going He's gonna on. He's going to stumble, could stumble upon this. Yeah. yeah. Like, you've just ruined this. <clears throat> That's so annoying. That's so annoying. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I would love to talk about it afterwards. But, okay. Yeah. It's great. Go watch it. Read it. I mean, if you want to read it, it's I'm not going to pressure you. Yeah. Oh, I will say, if you want to read the books, like Eye of the World is fun. Um, I think the like second and third book, I think it's Great Hunt and Shadow Rising, are even better. Uh-huh. Uh And then you know, then you're just invested. Then you have to read all all of them. But if you want to read a book that is a little bit on the shorter side, okay, and maybe a slightly more interesting and less like spoiler era, um, it would be the prequel, which is New Spring. Okay. Um, because it's all about Lan and Moraine, mm-hmm. uh, before the events of the first episode of the series and obviously the first book of the series. Sure. Um, and I think that I heard, I was listening to a podcast called The Road to Tarvalin that is, uh, that I really enjoy. And they talked about how that would be a really good thing to read while you're watching the show. Okay. Because, and I totally agree with them. Uh, I hadn't thought about it, but I do really agree with them. Because uh, you're not supposed to read the prequel before you read the rest of the series, uh-huh. which is what I did because I didn't know any better. Yeah. You're supposed to read it after like book five, I think. Um, but it would be really good because you get kind of what's going on with Landon Moraine a lot sure. more. Um, and some background, which is pretty interesting. Cool. Um, but, yeah. Great. Should we shit on Terry Goodkind now? Let's shit on <laughs> Terry Goodkind. I don't, I, again, this is a person I don't know. <laughs> Other than what you've told me, I have no concept of who this person is. But go ahead, dunk. This is, I don't even remember. Oh, because I sent you a video. <coughs> yeah. I sent... It was like a, a little like TikTok-ish video about like fantasy writers. Was, yeah. Uh, Daniel Green is a YouTuber that I really enjoy who does a lot of sci-fi fantasy. He's also a huge Wheel of Time person. Yeah. Um, highly recommend his content, but he did a video that was like the worst fantasy nerds or something like that. The Like the worst people who read fantasy. And one of, and so he just, it's just this gag of him opening a door and saying something and uh-huh. then like just that over and over and over again. And one of the ones is he opens the door and he just goes, I like Terry Goodkind. And like, that's, that's it. <laughs> and I sent this to Andrew and I was like, try to figure out which line I like lost my mind at. Uh-huh. And it's the Terry Goodkind line. And he, Andrew was like, I've never heard of this person. <laughs> It, I I knew it was like a dunk, obviously, when he when he said it, but I was like, I don't know who this person is, no context, but that felt mean. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, so Terry, okay, so and I told, I said, oh, we'll talk about Terry Goodkind because he's the best kind of person to hate. Uh huh. It's not, and it's like that kind of thing where, like, you know, we've talked about like J.K. Rowling, and it's like, well, she kind of sucks because she's a turf, right? Or like, you know, Orson Scott Card <clears throat> is like literally a raging racist. Yes. And so it's like. They, like there are different people like different creators that you can hate because they're just like well your fundamental worldview sucks um and it's really ho- it's it's i hate you because of a like a tough reason yeah it like feels bad like you make me feel bad mm-hmm. terry goodkind is the kind of person that like it's fun to hate him because he is just an asshole uh-huh. and it's not i and i ha- i don't know that much about him um like i don't know if he's ever said or done anything like truly like ragingly like like racist or homophobic or anything like that or like trans exclusionary i have no idea it's just fun to re- to think about him because he's just a dick yeah <laughs> and so um just to give you a little bit of a taste 
um, to, he, he did this, like, panel interview where, like, um, fans could come up and ask him questions, and he would respond, and he said that, um, somebody was, like, what, what does it feel like to be one of the, um, like, foremost fantasy authors today, or, uh-huh. or some, something like that, they reference that he writes fantasy, which he does, <laughs> he does. He does. His I think his first book is called Wizard's First Rule or something. Uh-huh. Wizard. <laughs> Wizard. Hello. <laughs> um but so his response was I can't wait. First of all, I don't write fantasy. I write stories that have important human themes. They have elements of romance, history, adventure, mystery, and philosophy. Most fantasy is one dimensional. It's either about magic or world building. Wow. I don't do either. Wow. <laughs> <clears throat> what an asshole. Like, to be so pretentious about your chosen, like, genre. genre? <laughs> yeah, he basically is pretty fa- infamous for dunking on the fantasy genre as being less than uh-huh. when it's like, bro. <laughs> he reminds me a lot of Vince McMahon, who is the mm-hmm. owner of the WWE, who refuses to let people on his television show say the words wrestling because he thinks it's lesser than yeah it's like just like it's fine There's it's what you do this. why do you have such a complex about this thing that yeah. you do like it's be fine. proud of it it's okay yeah <laughs> people like it yeah <laughs> um uh and this is a part maybe of uh, also, Terry Goodkind, I haven't read anything by him. I honestly don't care. If you're a Terry Goodkind fan, that's <laughs> sure, fine. Sure. You're fine. Yeah. It's okay. It's just fun. We're just having good it's fun just over goose. here. It's yeah. funny. Um, <laughs> when somebody asked. Also, uh, R.I.P. Terry Goodkind. Yes, R.I.P. I do feel a little bit bad. Not too bad. It's <laughs> fine. Um, <laughs> somebody asked, in your opinion, who is the most who is the most must read cutting edge writer publishing today? And I want to say that this was in two thousand and six, two thousand seven. Okay. He he responded, Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand. <laughs> Say no more. Say no more. Say no more. Oh my god. Which yeah, first off, there we go. There's like an indication of like the type of person he is. And then two, Ayn Rand was definitely dead in yeah. 2006. Yeah. Oh my god. If you're thinking who is the most must read cutting edge writer publishing today, and he said Ayn Rand. Good God, um, bro, say less. And then uh there was like a Reddit AMA that he did where somebody asked him what's your favorite book? Uh-huh. And he responded with his own. Oh boy. And then they were like, no, sorry. I meant not your own. Uh-huh. And then he said, Atlas shrugged. Oh. <laughs> that was going to be my joke answer. Great. <laughs> or I think maybe it was the foundation. Or sure. Like Fountainhead. Ba- yeah. yeah. Fountainhead. Yeah. Sorry. Foundation. I'm <laughs> about to read it. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, so stuff like that. And then, so then it's just kind of like, okay, well, so you're just kind of like derogatory towards the genre that you write in and yeah. then you're like a libertarian, yeah. um, which this is all adding up. Fine. This is all adding up. Um, or, and like a lot of his writing from what I can tell is very much the strong man, uh, aesthetic. And yeah. he like makes fun of like, well, a lot of writers today make these really wimpy heroes that, but, but like, basically it's like. People write characters with depth now, yeah. and I find that boring. I prefer a, a muscle. Yeah. yeah. So you know, to each their own. Whatever gets you, uh, whatever gets your rocks off. Yeah. But, um, the last thing 
that really, I think, puts the nail in the coffin. Ooh. Uh-oh. 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 Sorry. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> um, for him. For Respect- me, respectfully puts the nail in the coffin. <laughs> for me, was that there was a panel. So, Robert Jordan um, was, an am- as far as I can tell, was an amazingly kind man. Sure. And was just like... Um, you know, doing his own thing, writing his stuff. And a lot of people say that Terry Goodkind also ripped off a lot of his stuff from Robert Jordan, sure. including his, like, gendered magic system. Yeah. And, you know, I, I haven't read it. I'm not, like, a lot, you can say that about a lot of different fantasy mm-hmm. series, so I don't want to go too much into that because I don't know enough. But um, there was a, Robert Jordan, at towards the end of his life, was uh dealing with like a heart failure and mm-hmm. like a heart disease that I can't remember the name of but was kind of in and out of the hospital yeah. a lot towards the end of his life um as he was desperately trying to finish the wheel of time oh man and it was like heartbreak and he had this blog too that he would like post to and um like keep people updated on like how he was doing how he was feeling like mm-hmm. stuff like that um and he was him and Terry Goodkind were supposed to go to some convention or be at a convention at the same time together or like on a panel together or something like that. And Robert Jordan unfortunately had to cancel because he had to go to the hospital for his heart. And Terry Goodkind, I don't want to know where this is going. At the panel, uh. <laughs> said that like made a comment about how his his cardiologist, like Terry Goodkind's cardiologist had held his heart, Terry Goodkind's heart, in his hands and said that he could have been holding the heart of a 16-year-old. He's like, I'm str- super, I'm great, super strong, strong as a horse. You know, like, my Yuck. heart's great. On the same, like, Yuck. panel like, that Robert Jordan was supposed to be on. Yeah. And it was just, like... It's a pretty shitty it's thing to do. It's pretty shitty. Yeah. Like, you're going to comment on how strong your heart is when, like... The person that honestly, I think Terry Goodkind viewed Robert Jordan as a competitor, yeah, and com- and claimed that he never read a single book of Robert Jordan right. or anything like that, which you know, whatever stuff that guy had to deal with is his own. But yeah, he, yeah, he because Terry Goodkind also said like, oh no, I don't read fantasy. I've never read any fantasy book. Yeah, I just write my books, which are about not fantasy. And I'm like, okay, there's a literally a dragon. Like, what do you? <laughs> um, but. Uh, I always want to read the paragraph that Robert Jordan wrote after okay. hearing about Terry Goodkind sure. like saying that. Yeah. Um, and it's really sad. That it ter- um, Robert Jordan, Dragon Mount, is like a Wheel of Time comedian, which is where Robert Jordan's like blog posts are and still are. So this blog post is from August of 2007. And I believe he died uh, like a month later. Mm-hmm. And so this is the paragraph... <laughs> That he refers to Terry, Terry Goodkind, not by name, because Robert Jordan's classy a classy guy. guy. He says, um, uh, after ripping Red Eagle, which is a production company that originally tried to make a Wheel of Time TV show and totally failed, yeah. he ripped Red Eagle a new one in uh-huh. the paragraph above. He then says, I seem, to f- be- I seem to be feeling rather viperish today. I also hear that a certain writer, on hearing that I had heart problems, announced that his cardiologist, on holding his, the writer's heart in his hands... So that he could have been holding the heart of a 16-year-old or some such. My cardiologist told me much the same thing, but I made him give it back. <laughs> a question occurs. What was wrong that anyone had their filthy fingers palping his actual heart? 
all my heart examinations have been via catheterization or electrocardiogram or echocardiogram or the like. Only if they saw cause would anyone be sticking fingers into my <laughs> chest, must less fingering my heart. Some discrepancy there, eh? <laughs> and so uh, Robert Jordan, and then he says, on, well, down, Simba, down, big boy. Uh-huh. That's what Harriet says. Harriet, his wife, says when I get like this. Let's get on to something a little more pleasant. And then he just talks about some other sure. Um, but it's interesting. Yeah. Terry Goodkind was just kind of like, it's fun for me to hate him because he's just kind of an asshole. Right. He just was like belittling the genre he wrote in, like the fans that considered themselves to be fantasy right. fans. Like, and also just like punching at a guy who's like yeah. having heart problems. Yeah. Like it just the, is needlessly mean. Yeah. Um, and yeah. It is interesting because I'm pretty sure, like, they never published. Terry Goodkind passed away last year. Yeah. Um, and I think it may have been from heart failure. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I don't I, know what the. <laughs> it's just like, dude. Um, sometimes karma's real. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. So, but they didn't publish what his actual cause of death sure, was. But, sure. Um, but yeah, so that's Terry Goodkind. Yeah. What a jerk. What a jerk. <laughs> Well, everybody, uh, if you want to see pictures of Taylor's book, yeah, head over to our all Instagram, yes. NerdumPod, at NerdumPod. I'll show you all my compendium. Oh, wait. Okay, we'll do something after this. Okay. Um, and yeah, you can get updates on our show there. And also, uh, if you love The Wheel of Time, and I guess if you like Terry Goodkind, uh, we're sorry and we love you. Sorry, love you. Goodbye. Especially, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Hey, pal, did you get a load of the nerd?